save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Summer Free Agency is winding down and there hasn't been many big names signing free agent offer sheets recently, save one. That name, of course, is LeBron James, who officially inked his deal committing him to the Los Angeles Lakers, who had a very rollercoasterish week since James announced he would sign there, and then didn't, at least immediately. We thought it would be fun to bring back friend of the show, former NBA scout, and most importantly, LA Lakers fan, Alton Lebrecht, for a look at what the summer might mean for the league's best rivalry, in my opinion. Uh, I don't know about him. We can ask that in a second. And have him take an objective look at Boston's short-term future and what it might look like. In case you haven't already guessed, it's me, Justin, here at the helm this week, and we've got lots to cover, so let's dive right in. How's it going, Alden? It's going good. It's going good. Um, I think I mentioned to you uh, last week that I feel like I wish for LeBron on a monkey's paw and that everything that's happened since then has been a curse. But I, we still do have LeBron. I've double-checked. He he did now sign. Clutch Sports put out their incredibly detailed uh, – I don't know. Like the way that they have been handling his free agency seems kind of like the absolute polar opposite of the decision. And I kind of think it's the right move. It's, it's a definite improvement. I know that – his people are very big on the Q score and whatever, whatever the decision got that they had all those viewers and it got a lot of attention, but this is, <laughs> especially for him just coming out to LA, this is definitely better. I think so too. Now, when we were talking about the possibility between us of LeBron landing there, um, I was pretty confident he was going to get there and you were, you were rightfully pessimistic because you know, a lot of other things, have happened with the Lakers in the recent past. I remember when when you guys got Steve Nash and Dwight, and I was like, "Holy shit, you got you got the super team!" Yeah, uh, we we had them on the cover of Sports Illustrated, which is now a meme. Um, <sighs> it's it's real hard to see that every time when everyone wants to make a joke. Uh, I was actually kicked out of a group chat of NBA writers the other week before they, they signed because they said they were tired of my "woe is me Lakers" crap, and I was just like. First we had that happen, and then the Lamarcus Aldridge wouldn't even take a meeting with us, and when he did, it was rough. So it, it's everyone has written a piece about how the Lakers mystique is dead, and now we got LeBron James. So it's not dead. It's not dead, or at least LA being a nice place to live isn't. 
Yeah, I mean, Mystique is good. Mystique will get you some tools that you can really use in rebuilding a team. But the question is, what do you do with other pieces? And uh, what are you guys doing with those other pieces? Oh, boy. We're, we're doing nothing, it, it appears. Um, we're preserving cap space. I mean... <laughs> That's not a bad idea. It's not. I mean, I, Anthony Davis is, of course, free next year. Kawhi will be free next year. Uh, Paul George will not be free for some time, though, which was surprising. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, there's just so many head scratchers going on, and there might be some some things going on here that make sense. There, there are some others that like like I just don't understand. We can we can get into the politics thing because that's kind of its own little nucleus of itself. What is the thinking there? I don't understand. Like, does he really think he's going to win a championship there? That's what he made this his own video series about. He did a video series, and I saw those pictures the night of free agency of that party. Um, there were some tiki torches. It was in Oklahoma City. It did not look particularly fun, but uh, they locked themselves into a 41 team, 42 team at best. And with the highest salary cap, or higher salary in the league in history, um, it's. I don't. I don't really understand the decision making with it, but he's happy there. Maybe he likes playing with Russ. It it kind of shows that we don't really know anything about these guys. But it it was really confusing to me. Yeah, I don't see any real path forward for them unless they either flip Russ or maybe Steve Adams for for some some younger parts and or picks while they have them under contract. That's really the only thing I can think of. And I mean, well, before Roberson was injured, they they were something. They had three guys in the top five in steals. Their entire thing was, was based on transition basketball, and it was going really well for them. I just don't know, with where they're at salary-wise and asset-wise, how you improve that team. Maybe he doesn't care about that. Well, one thing that they could do is sign, I don't know, Rajon Rondo for a one-year one year deal, maybe in a couple of years, uh, for like, I don't know, $9 million? That, that sounds like it, a good it, plan. It is a plan. I don't know if it's... Would be called a good a good one. Like, <laughs> I don't mind the Rondo signing for the Lakers. I don't. I don't mind most of the signing for the Lakers. Um, the Lance one is is not great because he's a from from everything I've read is a terrible human being off the court and has not been an elite on ball defender in many years. But Rondo is a gifted passer that could work with um, LeBron very well. He's someone that can stand in if maybe Lonzo doesn't. If Lonzo's shot is more first half Lonzo than second half Lonzo, but is it the the signing I wanted? No, especially when it, it worked out essentially to a trade for Julius Randle. Yeah, I'm I'm frankly not even convinced that Isaiah Thomas wouldn't have been the, the wiser bet to bring him back on a one year deal or both of them for half as much because I don't think anybody else in the league would have paid either of them four and a half million dollars. I mean, it is still out now on the market. And I think it's looking more and more like he's going to end up in China. But, I mean, that's not even, like, there's no shooting on that team. Like, your your best your best shooter is now on the Bucks. It's it's not great. It really isn't. There's no one, I mean, KCP can shoot the three not well, unless they're hoping that Kuzma takes a gigantic step. Uh, I, I saw the thing from Magic, uh, and Palinka reinforces today that, the last few years of LeBron's career, he's been surrounded by specialists and he needs to be surrounded by guys that are playing their own game and that can uh, get their own shot. And Rajon Rondo can absolutely get his own shot. Now, will he make it? No, no, he won't, but he will shoot it. 
And I guess that's an improvement? I don't know. <laughs> so my thoughts on what all of this could mean is that they are considering a way to make a move for someone in a trade this season while preserving that cap space. And, you know, yes. I think that that could be something in the works with a Rajon Rondo at $9 million. He's still a playable guy. It would help someone uh, on, on their team if they, if they needed a point guard. And there's still a fair amount of teams out there who have good players that are rebuilding and would still like someone who could actually play the point guard, but maybe they aren't trying to you know, make noise in the postseason. Um, and one guy who has kind of gotten tangled up in the, the whole Boston Celtics offseason, which is, you know, it's, it's still got some, some issues we can talk about in a bit. But uh, one of the things that was kind of, you know, percolating up as something people are worrying about is this report that came out that Kyrie Irving, who will be a free agent if he opt out at the end of this coming season, uh, might be looking to play with Jimmy Butler, which he has never confirmed, nor denied. And the reporting I've been seeing is all from people close to Jimmy Butler, basically, in the past. Yeah. Uh, so I was wondering, um, first of all, what your thoughts about those rumors are. And second of all, if you think maybe this is a person or if there might be other people like him who seem to be malcontents in their own organization that might be a good idea to bring on. There's a couple guys. The thing with Butler, I, I do say with a bit of a grain of salt because I don't always trust Kylie's reporting. But I mean there's no there's no doubt that that locker room was pretty toxic towards the end of last year. The Minnesota locker room, I mean. That Jimmy Butler was not happy, that the kids were not happy, that Jimmy Butler and Andrew Wiggins were more likely to, you know, appear at WrestleMania together than on the court. You know, it, so there's there's talk that, you know, he and Kyrie could go to New York or I, why did Kevin Durant sign a two year or two year deal with an opt out rather than a longer deal? Like there's, there's been this talk, you know, that everyone's going to go to New York together or someone's going to join LeBron LA, but I, I don't, I have no read on Kyrie at all. I really don't. It's, it's the most confusing thing in the league to me. He wanted out. I don't know why he wanted out of Cleveland when he was going to be a free agent. I don't. I don't know. It's, it's so confusing to me. This all brings back to, to you know the other disgruntled star who I'm not even sure will play for his team again, which is Kawhi. <laughs> I am so sick of that man. I, I used to like the guy a lot, but I mean, like none of us know what's actually going on. But it, it's I, it's a really bad both, look, whatever it is. We both read a lot of. I think. Uh, Matt Moore used to work at CBS, and I think it was Action uh, or something. And he's adamant that this is the this is a sign that Kawhi is, is is toxic. That he's upending a decade of history with this team and culture. But his medical information was leaked. Even if he is cleared by the doctors, this team has a history of like putting out. He's got a foot injury. Sorry. So to get them that extra day of rest, they're not always the most awesome of that report. So very clearly, it was an effort by the team to say that he was healthy enough to play in their mind, and or Kawhi's camp very much disagreed. And I'm as a potential Laker, I'm sympathetic towards him, and think he might be in the right. You know that his medical information was leaked, but I, then there's the the report that came out earlier this week that. 
now that LeBron is in LA, he might want to play for the Clippers instead of the Lakers, and that's weird and confusing. Very. I I don't really know like, what to make of him. Who does he? Point. Who does he think is? Yeah. Uh, my my general take is that we aren't going to know for a while what is actually going on with him. Uh, and it's kind of irrelevant because whatever is going on, I mean, like, yeah, I, I did hear about the possibility that the Spurs leaked his information. And I don't really hold him, even if they didn't, I don't really, like, like hold a grudge against him for being pissed at people like Tony Parker, like, lighting him up. You know, in public, saying, "Well, if my injury was much worse than yours," and blah, blah, blah. none of that is none of that is stuff that should be being spoken about in public, anyway. I mean, whether you want the guy to come back or not, uh, I don't know. It's like whatever, whatever is going on. He definitely could be managing it better. I don't think he's getting very good advice. Uh, the Spurs could have handled it better too, but I mean, I don't really blame them for for the, the just. I mean, it could be, you know, brinksmanship on all sides. So I'm, I'm reserving judgment, but let me just say that I don't want him on the Celtics. And the reason why is different than why you, like, I would be willing to take a risk on, on him with some years guarantees. So to move all the assets around, it would be exactly this. Exactly. It would. And I think it would really, it would commit us to the short term with no guarantee for the future, like longer term contention window. And, you know, that's a very rare thing. I've only seen a couple of clubs do it in the history of the league. The Celtics obviously being the more obvious example, but the Lakers uh, up until fairly recently would be another. I mean, we've brought on Carl Malone and Gary Payton to help us try and win a championship. We're, we're in that short term. <laughs> We can get into that short-term mindset real quickly. So, do you think that there's a chance that he could get dealt to Los Angeles, like Lakers? Before the season, I don't think so. Uh, I think that the the Rondo, McGee, and Stevenson signings put some pressure on Spurs because it preserves the cap space. They know that Kawhi will leave next year, and the Lakers might be the place to do for him to go and they have some assets that we're willing to give him. I think if it happens, my guess would be not until February that just for the Spurs sake, they'll, you know, hold out until then they're in conference rival. They're not going to, I could see them just trying to jab the Lakers and wait, but I'm hoping he's on the Lakers by end of season. I hadn't thought of it that way, but it's actually a pretty interesting. Now like reporting has come out that LeBron James was involved in the decision of who to take, which, you know, based on the people that were selected and, you know, they're not incredibly great fit compared to some of the choices uh, that somebody besides LeBron James made for the Cavs' recent moves. That's in scare quotes in case it wasn't really obvious. I He definitely didn't intentionally sabotage the Cavs by having them trade for Larry Nance and... Uh, Jordan Clarkson to free up cap space. That never happened. That's, that's yeah. an urban legend. Yeah. So my thought now is that you are actually almost certainly right. I think that, that is a really smart negotiating tactic. It really, like, okay, so the big question that everyone is, is asking themselves in a league where really the most valuable thing you can possibly have at this moment is cap space. Mm. Is why, why would we waste a year of LeBron's good good playing 
you know, segment of his career while he's still a, a top-notch player, if not the top-notch player. Uh, but the season isn't over, and you have to consider the fact that there is something to be said for not negotiating with terrorists, if you think by meaning. We have an offer. Philadelphia has Darius Arch if they want to do that, if they want to try and go for it. They can. Um, and at risk losing Kawhi free agency. I, mean, I don't think that's a bad bet for them. This is their, they should have finals expectations. The Philadelphia Six Sixers should have every intention to try and get to the finals this year. So that could, that could be some for them. But we have an offer, and if they don't want it, we'll probably get him. I don't know. I, I still don't have any... We just got LeBron James, and I still don't have any confidence, so... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there's going to be something that's going to come together before the end of the season. I do think that you're right, it might end up stretching along till till February, but... What do you think this delay means? I mean, we know that LeBron tends to take the, the, season, the regular season off Will he be able to afford to with this kind of roster the way it is now? Or are they going to do something I else mean, before? Or? Okay, let's let's be real for just a second and, and say something out loud. Because I, I think I've mentioned this to you, um, that as a Lakers fan for the last few years, I've been concerned about whether or not we can beat the Memphis Grizzlies and Sacramento Kings. And I've been able to enjoy the Golden State Warriors. And I went up the day after LeBron James signed and was like, oh, crap, we have to beat the Warriors. That seems real hard. You know, I, I can see why that made some people angry. But we're not being we're not being the Warriors this year. We're just not. We, even with Kawhi Leonard, we're, we're, I, don't, I think we might have a, ch- a chance it can be a competitive series. But I don't I don't think we've got the roster for it right now. So do I do we instead of kicking the the, the can for like another season or like not, not not instead of not trying during the regular season, just doing what you can to to maybe free up the team to be in a better position for the year after. Yeah, I mean, just look for some assets, some trades, maybe some disgruntled stars or something. See if you can sign a free agent that um, turns out to be something. And then go from there. The kids, the two rookies we had, have been great in summer league. Although, I have some concerns about LeBron's history with younger players and his uh, lack of patience with them. So I don't totally know how... Ingram, Lonzo, Kuz, and the, the two Siv and uh, Mo will do with him. But you give him another year, and you see if you can get someone free agency. Maybe Anthony Davis wants to come over. If we the the one case for training for Kawhi now is if you can get them to take the Luol Deng contract, it still keeps the cap space, and you can then sign Anthony Davis next year or Kevin Durant if he wants to be that weirdo, or maybe Kyrie wants to play with LeBron again. I don't think so, but you never know. I hope not. <laughs> you have options next year. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know any of these guys anymore, it feels like. What about uh, Olympic gold medalist uh, Carmelo Anthony? I'm good. I'm good. I know that um, <laughs> I know that they have that famous picture on a banana boat together. You know, it's they seem to like each other. Banana boats are great for vacations. I've never been on one, but I'll take your word. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, they're great on vacations. I don't know if I'd bring one to work, though. I I don't want Mello. If if LeBron wants to play with Mello, sure. At this point in time, give LeBron whatever he wants to keep him happy, but I don't... 
I think he's going to Houston, and that is just the most confusing. He's going to Miami. That that entire that they let Ariza walk to bring in Carmelo Anthony. Ariza's a better player right now, by far. Yeah, by far, a better scheme fit, a better like locker room culture guy. I just don't get why they want Carmelo, but or why Carmelo would. Or, or why Carmelo would want to play with Mike D'Antoni again? Because that's no, end Mike D'Antoni said he, he basically quit coaching because of Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, so that sounds like a great idea. Yeah. Oh God, it's real rough. <laughs> it's like the only place that I have actually heard is interested in him, and he is interested is Miami. So, in, in my mind, it, it's you know he's not a great fit, but at least there he'll be able to play as much as he wants. Yeah. Um, he can test the waters of Waiters Island. Should be a blast. Him and him and Dion Waiters can play a horse together. So, uh, speaking of uh, interesting uh, additions to West Coast teams, what are your thoughts on DeMarcus Cousins to the Golden State Warriors? Okay, now, I need to preface this with... With that, if you asked me before the Demarcus Cousins signs, if I would have been happy with Demarcus Cousins and the Lakers, I would have said yes, and I would have been fully on board with it. And since then, I have had the need to rationalize why this might not go great. Uh, let's start with this. Here's the list of players that have come back well and in their prime from a ruptured Achilles injury. It's a fun list. Great, great list. Rudy Gay. <laughs> Rudy, Rudy Gay. That, it's, that, is that, 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 that is the list. Um, <laughs> case, especially for, for his size, maybe Elton oh, Brand, geez. but late, late in life, Elton Brand was not a little bit what I'm going to tell my kids about. He wasn't anywhere but, near his. Yeah. So exactly. I, what can he be this year? I don't know. I don't get moves the needle too much in terms of uh, if the Lakers were to be competitive with Kawhi. I don't think it would have been made that much difference because the Golden State's real strength is when you can have. Steph, Clay, Dre, and Durant on the floor, and then Jordan Bell is a better fit for that lineup than DeMarcus Cousins. So I don't think it moves the needle too much. Uh, it's a little bit of a bad signing for the for the union from every perspective. It makes not doing the cap smoothing look even worse. It doesn't look great when one of their all-stars is taking the middle exception. So it's a bit more concerning for me from like, I don't want a lockout in a couple of years than anything else, but yeah, there's going to be some pretty pissed off big men in the league right now. Cause I mean, big men are already dealing with a depressed market just because of how the game is changing and you throw this into the mix. And it's like, now how can anybody like Yusuf Nurkic look like a, a genius mm-hmm. right now that he somehow managed it as much as he did. It's a confusing time. I'm. I don't believe that the rest of the league is as concerned about the Achilles as I am. So that no one, no one made him an offer is shocking, and especially concerning from a union standpoint. Oof. I, I like. I am glad he that Boston didn't just throw an offer at him because I think that's a horrible fit for you guys. You have already have Horford. You have you have a log jam at that position. There was no reason to just stash him for a while. It would have been a bad fit. That we could have, but along with the Warriors, I think that we are positioned to be able to play with a roster spot of what you would think would be normally a major player, uh, more or less vacant for most of the season. But yeah, 
yeah, I am too. Just you know, he's he's a real real gem to be around and when he's pissed. And if he's not getting the minutes he thinks he deserves, and I don't think he's going to. I mean, maybe they'll convince him before then. But uh, just the two leading uh, committers of technical fouls are now on the same team. That should be uh, interesting. I'm excited for the rumors that are come out about Draymond Green and DeMarcus Cousins. It's going to be great. I'm thrilled. It'll be entertaining, and that's what I watch the league for. Do you think that there's any, uh, you know, I mean, I've heard some people talk about a uh, hard cap or some kind of other solution to prevent stuff like this happen. I, I kind of think that it's a little overblown at this point, you know, now that it's subsided a little bit. Yeah, I don't think a hard cap is a solution. I don't think a franchise tag is the solution. It's a situation of circumstances, which the spike in the cap created. I imagine that if the new CVA, when it, when it is created, will have a clause in there saying that there will be cap smoothing, like that'll be negotiated beforehand. If it, if it were to happen, they will have pre-negotiated, so it won't be as dramatic of a thing. But I don't know if there's a big fix you need for it. It just is a bad look for the, for the league, for the Players Association, for most everyone involved, except for DeMarcus, who gets to play in California again. I've been seeing some really weird takes, though. Like, I, I saw uh, Ryan Bernard's only danger cart. Uh, somebody kind of insinuated that he was racist because he didn't think that the players should have control over their salaries uh, with the cap smoothing. And, yeah, if that was in a vacuum, sure. But if you're looking at the situation as how it played out later, they, they reasonably couldn't have predicted. I mean, you know, there were people who were saying this was going to happen, but they couldn't necessarily predict it, so I don't blame them for this. But now there are a lot of people who should be making above mid-level exception money who can't even get that. Can't find a dime. No. I mean, it's, that's it's not fair. The difficulty with the union right now, which is that they have to, they have their stars who they have to make happy, and they have the rest of the players they have to make happy, and... I don't think it's racist to say that maybe the cap smoothie would have been better for more of the players long-term, but the union, you know, serves two different groups, which is the guys that are going to get max and the guys that aren't. And I think they probably made a decision that they thought was best at the time. And I want them, I want them to have the ability to make that decision. I just also want them to now have seen the results of this and learn from it. Because if they don't, then it's like, you're kind of just shooting yourself in the foot again. I don't know. Like, on one hand, I do like the fact that the, the, the season has kind of crept across the entire summer. But on the other, like, sometimes I just like to not think about basketball when it's not actually basketball, but it's stuff like this. And, like, you know, I mean, it's been great because I've learned so much more about the collective bargaining agreement and, and whatnot. But... I'm, I'm over it. Yeah. It's it's the kind of stuff like um, Larry Kuhn before the um, uh, Lakers signed LeBron was talking about how by the letter of the CBA, they could do something, Lakers could do something like sign Luol Deng to a massive extension and then immediately stretch him and it would free up the space, would free up more space where they would be paying him for 50, for 15 years, but that it was in direct like violation to the spirit of the rule and that the league would therefore have the right to shoot it down. So I'm learning about all this, which 
is is fun, and I guess in, in a sense that I do enjoy the stuff, but I don't enjoy it when it leads to star players coming off an injury, not being able to get any. Deal. That's not fun. It's not fun for the teams, for the fans. It's it's just not great. So, well, Boston has had a fairly boring off season, which I don't mind too much. Uh, couple of small things. Aaron Baines, pretty good signing. I'm actually flabbergasted that he went for two for 11. I thought he'd be able to get 11 in one year. I guess I like a single year. Yeah, I, I was surprised by that. I'm glad he's staying there. Um, but it, it did seem a little bit cheap, but it seems like every big man is going for cheap right now. So Yeah, I mean, like he's developing a three-point shot. It's late in his career, but I mean, it's, it was 50% throughout the playoffs, which is not a very small uh, sample size. It wasn't huge or anything like that, but I have enough faith that I think he'll be hitting league average if he keeps working at it. So yeah. I kind of felt that that was going to price him out of our range. Yeah, I mean, you guys were supposed to be quiet because you're essentially getting two big additions next year with Kyrie and Hayward back. So, you know, I, I empathize with the Hayward thing because I, a few years removed from getting Julius Randle with the fifth pick and him breaking his leg night one. Oh, yeah. It was real was rough. Too, and, man. It's such a demoralizing thing, and your team was at least good enough to deal with it, whereas we were, okay, let's get into the lottery again. Well, we, uh, we are dealing with a less than savory situation. Uh, I haven't gotten completely sour yet, but, uh, to get you a recap. Marcus Smart holding out. Should he? Is this stupid? Is it stupid? Yes. But <laughs> can you blame him with millions of bucks that he could get by doing it? It's the best. It's the business decision for him. I don't think yes. it's a smart way to use to his time. But I, I feel for the guy. I really do. I want him to get paid. Doesn't seem like the team appreciates him enough. I don't believe he is. Um, how to say this on a Celtics podcast? <laughs> I don't believe he. I don't believe he's the untouchable trade asset that many Boston fans think him to be. But he's a good player. He's a great player. He's great on defense. He just needs to learn where and when not to shoot, which you think would be easier considering just how bad at it he is. Yet people keep trying to guard him, also, which probably isn't helping. I mean, I think you it certainly wouldn't hurt to keep him around, especially with all the uncertainty about whether or not your star point guard who believes the earth is flat, I just want to drop it in there. <laughs> um, might, might decide to go play in New York or Golden State or LA or Lithuania. I have no idea. Kyrie Irving is a mystery. So there was an offer made uh, when he was up for his extension that was, we don't know for sure what it was, but the rumor was 10 to 12, which is way better than he's going to be getting from probably anybody at this point. Uh, unless Sacramento actually does tender an offer, uh, one of the big dramas. Like, I don't know if you've been following this, but a bunch of reports keep coming out that teams are going to be interested in Marcus Smart that never seem to materialize, and I think people are starting to see through him at this point. I think that they were tied up with the um, Zach Levine stuff for a little while, too. So they signed Levine to a offer sheet, and then the Bulls, I know they were playing on matching it. I'm not sure if they matched it yet because they might. I know that's a thing in the league where 
teams sometimes take the full three days just to hold up the cap space for the other team. I do think that they matched yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so I guess that could, you know, the delay might might have been that they were thinking about it. But then a SAC B, uh, beat reporter, Sacramento B, uh, basically call, called it uh, from, from his context um, not happening. So... To me, that just reads like Happy Walters is trying to, you know, put a little pressure. There were rumors that that he and the team had not spoken, and like Walter McCarty isn't with the team anymore. He's teaching over at, uh, he's teaching coaching over at Evansville, uh, his alma mater uh, for for undergrad. And, but he he actually when I think it was Brian Robb reported it. And I'm not saying Brian Robb if you're listening that your source is bad. It was probably a good source, but the uh, maybe biased the the. Basically, Walter McCarty called bullshit. I mean, not in so many words, but he was like, sources, uh, okay. Sources, i.e. Marcus Smart's agent. Yeah, or someone who likes Marcus Smart and wants to do a man of solid. Because, like, let's be real, he deserves to be paid. And he, I, I, like, I think, honestly, probably 12 to 14 is where, where he said in a non-cap-restricted environment is maybe even under what he can bring to a team in terms of intensity and defensive prowess. But he's not a max player or even close to one, and he's not going to get nobody, nobody other than lucky people or people being re signed by their own teams are getting good deals right now. I think it does hurt that he's a restricted free agent. Teams are hesitant to, to lock up cap space right now with a guy who's probably going to get their offer sheet nuts. That's not something that teams want to do. I personally am a fan, and I, this is very easy for me to say, guy who sits on couch, that the players should take the qualifying offer more often, that they should play that one year and then be an unrestricted free agent. It's easier to get a deal in that environment. It's a better chance for you to get paid. But again, I sit on my couch compared to putting my body at risk and then having my entire career jeopardized by an injury. So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Cause you know, he hasn't gotten that, that big, big paycheck yet. And He's got stuff to worry about. His mom is dealing with cancer, and so I'm sure that that is a big part of his mindset and, you know, respect for that. Uh, I just don't know if the money's going to be there, even even if we could will it to him. I, and the thing that really worries me, too, is I want the men to get paid, and I'm not sure that even if he does take the qualifying offer, there's going to be any money for him next season with all the one-year deals everyone's signing this year. I think there'll be a lot of cap money free next year, and a lot of teams will need to sign guys to make up for it. I could see the Knicks signing him. I could see Orlando having money assigning him. Because at some point in time, they will need to sign a point guard. Like, dear God, do they need a point guard? Yeah. They, uh... Who was it they just... They just signed another Isaiah. Not Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Briscoe, I want to say. They just did some kind of a weird deal. I'm not sure that they're going to be in, in a point guard market until they can find somebody worthwhile like Marcus Smart. But, uh... Yeah, they are they are hurting pretty bad. I'm not so sure the the Chicago uh, Chris Dunn experiment is going to work out to the level they were hoping. I think he's going to be a starting level point guard, but if he doesn't, that could be somebody else they could be looking at. There are definitely teams that project to have cap that I think might be interested in in taking him. But there's there was already a pretty big free agent market. There's still going to be some teams that are holding on to some, some the end of some of those bad 2016 contracts. I am not convinced that there's going to be too many teams compared to the number of free agents that have cap. I haven't done the math yet. I need to do it, but. 
yeah, at some point in time, I need to open up an Excel spreadsheet and figure out who will have what cap space available next year, what holds will be in place, and figure out what could happen. But I, I, I think that the restricted free agent thing really does one lower the it puts an artificial ceiling on what you're going to be getting and then two once big free agents strike out next year i think that that will open up more money i think next year's market is a lot more um it's going to be better definitely yeah better and and just more forgiving to teams that want to make some stupid decisions like giving marcus more 21 million dollars or something Let me hit a couple of minor things that have percolated up uh, interest to Celtics fans. Uh, Avery Bradley is going back to the Clippers, which I think is probably at two years and twenty-five million. Pretty good deal yeah, for everybody. I think so. It's it's fine. I it's Doc Rivers getting his better son back. You know, it's he he his real. What is it with the ex Celtics coaches trying to recreate Boston elsewhere? I don't know why he keeps trying to do it. He. He certainly is, though. Yeah. I, I'm still surprised Doc Rivers has not been fired completely. Same. I mean, I guess you have to pay another coach uh, anyway. And if he's happy being in a big city that isn't necessarily going to be contending, really, uh, realistically in his contract, I guess that makes sense. It's, it's a rationalization. I don't. It, we used to be able to have a very clear explanation for why the Clippers weren't firing their coach, and it was because the owner was cheap. And now the owner shouldn't be cheap, and it does seem like it's still happening. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there really isn't any point to bring in a new coach uh, for another two or three years, in my opinion, anyway, with the roster that they had. But I don't know. They could prove me wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jarebko, Jonas, going to the Warriors. Yeah, I'm sad. I would have liked him to go to Lakers. That's one of the guys I would like for us to get. But, yeah, it seems like those fringe guys that are there to chase rings are going to be going to... Golden State right now. That, I think, does move the needle more for them than the Cousins signing does. Oh, he's a good player, man. He defends very, very well, and you know his, his offensive game, really spotty, but when it's on, it's pretty amazing. He's he's, he's definitely a valuable pickup to them. I'm, I'm not going to be too thrilled having to face off against him. It was, it was okay versus the Jazz, because uh, I felt bad about Gordon Hayward, but uh, I, I don't feel any such feelings towards the Warriors. So no, I, I don't think anyone's being the Warriors this year. I think we all just kind of need to accept that. Robert Williams, Boston's uh, draft this summer. Uh, any thoughts? Have you been keeping up on what's going on with him? Uh, I have not. Um, do enlighten, though. I, I do want to know. Okay. So, basically, he has, for this draft that he was in uh, this year and the one he left uh, last year, was projected to be a high lottery pick uh, by some and a lottery pick by just about everybody, but fell out of the uh, lottery and almost out of the first round to Boston, uh, mostly on questions about his work ethic, but also about a circular condition that he has in his knee that might eventually one day need a procedure, but isn't, you know, like a structural thing or anything like that. It just causes cramping and whatnot. But the, the, the whole work ethic thing, everyone was like, eh, whatever, whatever. And, you know, it's a 27th pick worth taking a really high upside pick, in my opinion, for this. But then not only did he not attend the draft and hang out at a local 
uh, I think it was a Buffalo Wild Wings establishment to have a draft party for himself in Shreveport, Louisiana, which, you know, Shreveport's a pretty, no offense, Shreveport fans, uh, boring place. Uh, I, I don't know why he would want to do that, but I mean, I guess it was important to him, so God bless. But he, the next morning, he missed his uh, introductory uh, teleconference. I do remember that part. Um, and it gets better. Oh, no. Then, <laughs> then... He was to fly to summer league practice. He was already in Boston, flew back home for whatever reason, and missed his plane to go back to Boston or to summer league or wherever the heck it was for for summer league practice. So people are naturally freaking out. I don't think they should be because, like, real talk, when I was 20 years old, if I could hold a job for longer than six months, that was pretty good. For for, for both of us. I I did not hold a job. In college? No, that's not for more than six months, I want to say. <laughs> no, not at that time in my life. I mean, I was a little bit more responsible when I was younger and a little bit more responsible when I was older. But, uh, you know, once I discovered um, intoxicants, I, I was not so super responsible. And, you know, the, the kids his age, they like, they like the party. I think once he's in the team environment and in the team atmosphere where they're traveling as a group, they're showing up like with a set regimen. You'd hope that he would. I don't want to use fall in line because that sounds terrible, but get with the system a little bit more. Especially like he's matured. Place a ton of, of value on the, the Las Vegas experience, but you're there. You're not going to. If the team wants him out, if the team wants him out there, I place a lot of you know value on that. So I think it's much ado over nothing. I think uh, like like you said, if nothing else happens, and nothing else has not gone substance uh happened since yeah. <laughs> i was gonna say wood but this is a plastic table in front of me so yeah anyway um yeah so i don't know i'm not too worried about it we've got a segment that we do from time to time when it's relevant and we have some uh you know things to work out and i'm gonna go ahead and guess that you are expecting the the celtics lakers rivalry to be that great at least before february this year correct me if i'm wrong accurate accurate okay <laughs> Danny Ainge and Magic Johnson are now, you know, off-court rivals instead of on-court rivals. And rather than using basketball uh, yeah, metrics, I guess you could say, to judge the state of the conflict between them, we're going to do a who would win between the two, which we do from time to time for those who are not familiar. It is just a hypothetical battle between two people who maybe were Celtics or one of whom was a Celtic uh now or in the past that doesn't have to do with basketball just kind of like a duel but without the guns you know because guns guns are bad yeah. unless you need them and like we'll, we won't get into that we have we have some pretty pretty entrenched people on both sides of the fence of that one so without further ado danny ainge versus magic johnson in soccer who would win and what, what's your argument uh Magic has always been the better athlete. Magic uh, has, comparatively to other older players, has, I would say, fewer miles on him. He, I don't get the sense that his knees are completely shot. I, I would pick Magic there. Yeah, I think I kind of would too. Uh, just, you know, like if it was in a scrum, I would definitely go with Danny Ainge because I, I just kind of feel like, you know, his scrappy style of play would translate to soccer, you know, to get to the ball. But I mean, like overall, you know, you have to run the field back and forth 
And, you know, I, Danny looks like he's still kind of in shape. I saw him uh, playing basketball with uh, Terry Rozier pretty recently in a clip that was, uh, well, not terrible. But he- I, I could see if Magic had had the time to commit to it, maybe have some cool arcing shots, you know, putting some curve on the ball. Well, I was going to say, of court vision, that, you know, it's kind of unrivaled compared to, to what we know of Danny Ainge, who can pass the ball all right, but, you know, I don't know if it translates to the foot, but I'll grant you. I think I think Magic takes the day in, in this one. The next one is a little bit left field. Uh, I don't know how I've, I haven't thought about this one at all for either. Really, uh, fencing. Now my experience with watching fencing is um, I want to say at six a.m. every Olympics on for some reason CNBC, the classic channel for fencing, fencing and curling, depending on which Olympics we're watching. Um, I, I want to say Magic. It's a physical based thing. It. It seems to suit him, but I'm I'm willing to listen to a case for Danny Ainge well, there. To me, fencing is a deeply personal attack strategy based uh, sport. So in my mind, Danny is always going to be several thrusts and parries ahead of Magic. Who he's just going to keep going for that knockout hit? Mm. If I'm going to judge him on his general management, yeah. What do you think? I'd say that's fair. I'd say that's fair. He's he's going for the big thrust and will leave himself open most of the time. So there you go. Now, the next one, let's avoid any tropes of assumptions. I think you know yeah. what I mean with this one. Rap battle. Just based on empirical evidence, who you got? I, I'm going to take magic. Um, I it, Have you heard him rap? I'm going to be honest. I'm sure it exists in the universe. I haven't. I'm basing it on he seems to have probably unintentionally, uh, a, a poetic feel to his tweets. Sometimes there's some artistry to it that I don't normally expect. Sometimes they're very stupid. A lot of the times they're very stupid. But I would uh, I would argue, <laughs> I would be willing to argue that Magic Johnson, at the very least, could probably um, craft the language a little bit better than Danny Ainge. He's also got a bit of... You know that Showtime mystique, and I think I think yes. image helps a lot in you know projecting your your rap skills. Now, yeah. there there is out there if you want to dig deep enough a Danny Ainge rap clip. It's very oh, bad. <laughs> I mean, so, as as a child, I owned the um, soundtrack rap album for the game Shaq Fu by Shaquille O'Neal. So I'm I'm used to real rough NBA rap, so I will absolutely seek it out because I hate myself a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I'll see if I can find the clip to post on the article. So, you know, I'll concede. I have empirical evidence that Danny is not very... I'm sure sure there's empirical evidence out there for Magic 2. I just have not seen it. Okay, so listeners, if you can find these for us, if we don't find them ourselves, uh, definitely post them. Definitely let us know about them, because this is stuff the world needs to hear. Tweet tweet at AltonNCF. Just get it in there. Send me all terrible videos of Magic Johnson rapping. I'm always here for it. That could be interesting. Just a a collection of all the... I may have invited something horrible into myself. The the NBA's worst hits could be... Interesting. I'm going to think about putting out an article on that. I this is when you do the listicle of worst rap albums. I digress. It's the off-season. You know, this is when you do those kind of articles. But Strategy game. Risk. Who would win? Okay, now hear me out. If you would have asked me this last week, I, I would have said, for 100% sure, 
Danny Ainge. He's clearly proven himself to be able to build a better long-term team, to, to manage assets. I think he could win at risk. I think he could win at Settlers of Catan. That being said, the Los Angeles Lakers just signed a savant at a particular strategy game, and that is Rajon Rondo and Connect Four. I don't know if you know this or not, Rajon Rondo. Oh, you used my own team's He's <laughs> a master of Connect Four. So maybe, maybe Rajon could impart some kind of wisdom or something to help Magic win. I don't think so, but I think it's closer than it was a week ago. I will grant you a push. I can't get, grant you a win with the, the moves that Danny has pulled off in the last couple of years, but I'll give you a tie. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, we have... Uh-oh, Magic's leading. Paintball! I feel like Magic's a big guy. And I will say this, I've watched a lot of Magic um, press-wise and, and, and walking around the court, and I don't believe he can bend at the waist anymore. So I'm a little bit concerned about his ability to, to run and duck behind stuff. So I, I'm, I'm willing to give that to Danny. Um, I wish Magic would win that, but I don't... I don't I don't know if he would. I, I am not convinced he would either. Danny's a sneaky little booger. I think that he takes it. So we're tied up. We actually, for the first time ever, need the tiebreaker. And I will be honest, I cheated a little bit with this one because uh, I, have, I have a very strong opinion about this. But we'll see, we'll see your argument. Maybe you'll convince me. Best individual, individual, not team, college career. I'm I'm biased here, Justin. I'm, I'm very biased. Of course. Um, I thought that year at, at Michigan State was great. I, I wasn't. It was. It wasn't like awe inspiring or, or or anything. But that was a successful team. I know we're doing individual college career. I would give it to Magic, but you're going to give it to Danny. I'm guessing. But make your case. Make your case. Okay. So Magic did some stuff. You know, it was not a, it was not a bad, but it was not an individual per se. What he did individually, he did not get any individual honors that year, even though his team did fantastic. However, in that year, Danny Ainge was an All-American in not just basketball, but also baseball and football. Okay, are we gonna? Are we gonna like? Do you want me to look up Magic's GPA <laughs> to find out? Like, I cheated, I cheated, I admit it, I admit it. Not that it would matter, it's college <laughs> sports. Like, he probably had a 4.0 GPA, but... I bet you they both had a 4.0 GPA. They, they are both quite, quite smart fellows and yeah. hyper-competitive in everything they do. If, if we're going to include other sports... I will, be, I will begrudge you... I will begrudge you a... Yeah, see, that's also kind of, you know, we've gone that way before. This is very left field, I'll admit it. I will I will allow us to push this into the future. We can reconvene whenever there's a big move or in February and try it again. And I, I, will, I will begrudgingly allow you to come up with some of the uh, potential battle uh, arenas, as it were. Next time, after the Lakers have made some decision to sign, I don't know... God, I'm trying to think of some terrible player we could sign. Rudy Gay, Brandon Jennings, <laughs> like hey. Deion Waiters, giving a max deal to Deion Waiters. Deion Waiters, there you go. Trade for Hassan Whiteside, get get uh, get uh, him on the roster. Maybe we'll just sign yeah, Mario Chalmers against well. so LeBron can torture him some more. Another another young kid that yeah. can turn out great playing with LeBron. Shabazz Napier? Shabazz, Shabazz Napier? Napier? You could you could be uh he's, he's a free agent. I, yeah. I hear LeBron likes um, him. I'm trying to think of all the Bad sightings. Uh, yeah, it's 
we'll, we'll reconvene. I'll consider some options. Um, ribbon dancing, ice skating, all of the ice dancing. Yeah, for next time. All right. Well, for our regular listeners, please check out the links at the top of Celticslife.com. If you haven't heard me say this a million times by now, we have a huge variety of shirts and hoodies. You can't get them anywhere else but where we're at. You can even get tickets when there are tickets to be had. It's off-season, so keep that in mind under under the heading uh, tickets, if you can remember that. And you can find the pod on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and now Wooshka, if you're familiar. If you're not, uh, you can find us on pretty much any podcatcher app. Please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Uh, and you know, if you'd like to give us something back for all the effort we're putting forth for y'all, uh, a five star or at least you know a good rating uh, will help us be seen by other listeners, which is really the best thing you can do for a free podcast out there. You know, do it for all the podcasts that you listen to, not just us. It really, really, really helps all of us. And you know, in, in terms of that pie, it's not limited. So give it to us. Uh, if you have a complaint, just hop on a Celtics Life article or on Twitter with a hashtag CLPOD, CLPOD. You're always trying to bring you the Celtics coverage you want the way you like it. Alton, got anything you want to say before we get out of here? Uh, not really. I'm excited for this season. I would like it to start tomorrow. It won't. It'll start soon enough, though. Yeah. You know, I'll be uh, pounding away on my dissertation. Hopefully I'll finish it so I can write more stuff for y'all to read and uh, for us to argue about. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, man. No problem. Talk about beer. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.